1: Barbara Jones Streisand, or as she's more commonly known, just Barbara, burst onto the Broadway scene in the 1960s. Since then, through EGOT-winning films, albums, tours, and TV specials that have stretched into the 2020s, she has had a career that is, in a word, legendary. She's been a trailblazer, a button pusher, a visionary, a sensation, A peerless performer and, all too often, she's been criticized for being an incredible talent with big dreams and the guts and brains to make them a reality. And her fans cherish her for every bit of that. So as The Great Pop Culture Debate begins its new series exploring the essential works of iconic women in music, who better to honor? So say hello, Dolly, as The Great Pop Culture Debate seeks to discover the best Barbra Streisand song of all time. Find me an empty lap, fellas. Preferably a bumpy one, if you know what I mean. I'm your host, Eric Resniak, and I would say send in the clowns, but they're already here. Please welcome my panel for this episode. Bit by Bit, he's putting it together. Bob Erlenbeck, would you agree to an interview? Uh, maybe one what if it's tiger beat oh yes absolutely i thought you'd be into that his body is soft as an easy chair and his humor is fresh as the morning air it's Derek makita
2: hello gorgeous
1: Mm, zaddy can you hear me and finally you best not bring around a cloud terrain on his damn parade please welcome to the podcast nick Everidge. don't tell me not to live just sit and putter I would never do that. And since we're on the topic, would you mind to please pass me the butter? Now, Nick, I believe you actually have a link to Barbra Streisand in your name. Is that correct?
3: That is correct. Back when Funny Girl came out in 1969, my very own mother saw the movie in the movie house back in the days. You know how that goes. Mm Mm-hmm. And she thought Omar Sharif as Nikki Arnstein was so suave and debonair that she swore right then and there that she would name her son Nicholas. Fast forward 10 years, bada bing, bada bang.
1: And here he is So who better To have on a Barbara Streisand episode Ladies and gentlemen I I ask you Uh, So how does this work Since this is a mini-sode There was no public poll Our panelists Combed through The storied discography Of Miss Streisand Considering any And all songs by her Originals Covers Standards Broadway numbers Duets Even holiday songs Much to my chagrin uh, We each put forward Our individual Top 15s Compared notes And created a collective Top 16 We added those songs To a bracket Now we argue about and insult each other, all for your amusement. Want to play along at home? You can go to greatpopculturedebate.com and find the polls and brackets tab. There you'll find the listener bracket for this and every episode. Make a copy for yourself. That part is super important. Fill it out and see if your picks match up with ours. So before we start, I want to ask my panelists, what were some of the Barbara songs that you suggested and were upset did not make the bracket Bob, I'm going to start with you.
4: Well, I'm not upset at all, Eric. All of my songs made the bracket.
1: <laughs> oh well, fuck you too. No,
4: I'm just kidding. Yes, all um, of my all of my Barbara Love made it into today's conversation.
1: And you know what? This this episode is going to be all about Barbara Love. So uh, I, I'm fully on board with that, Derek. What James
4: about me? Roland knows all about it. He does. He does, <laughs> Derek.
2: Um, Well, I mean, it's not one that I'm surprised didn't make it, but I did want to give an honorary hat tip to her bonkers collaboration with Bowie on the track Life on Mars. Uh, Bowie himself has said that he hated working with her on this. Uh, And honestly, I'm so glad that this recording exists because it's not like anything else that Barbara has ever recorded. It's bizarre in a way that's like perfectly Bowie, but so strange to hear Barbara belt out. It feels outside her comfort zone. And maybe that's why I like it
1: okay that sounds very cool by the way you actually just reminded me if you're interested we have put together a playlist on spotify of all of the top 16 barbara songs as well as uh the other ones that we suggested and didn't make it i think there's a total of 50 songs all by barbara everything you'll be hearing on this podcast mentioned is in this playlist so if you're like i'm not that super familiar with her works a shame on you and b uh you can check out the link on this uh piece on greatpopculturedebate.com you will be able to find a link to that spotify playlist uh nick what about you
3: so again going back to funny girl my man Mm. the song that closes out the movie so powerful didn't make the list i was a little heartbroken but i think we have some good arguments with lots of other songs
1: absolutely and there's the, the top 16 is actually very good and it's a very competitive bracket I'll say that um, I had a few a bunch of mine didn't make the bracket I'm you know not at all offended by that no just kidding <laughs> um, in terms of originals I have a real affinity for the groovy stony end and woman in love from her 70s era um, from Broadway I adore secondhand rose from funny girl it's one yes. of my all time favorite barber songs and the thrilling version that she did of at the ballet with Anne Hathaway and. Daisy Ridley from one of her more recent albums Um, and then as far as standards I will never be able to get enough of her bombastic lover come back to me or the sultry aching since I fell for you to me I know there's a million renditions of that song but hers is at the top for me. It's just so good. It's so emotional. Um, with that being said, let's get into these actual debates. We start off with a unanimous decision in favor of our overall top pick, Don't Rind on My Parade from Funny Girl. In case you didn't get the memo, this is a panel of card-carrying homosexuals. Um, it, and that song took out Barbara's Gotta Move, quite literally. But hey, now it can find someplace, some other place, that is not on this bracket. Before it goes, Derek, you did want to say something about Gotta Move.
2: Yes, I just want wanted to plug this song since um, i think i may have been the only one to nominate it i don't know that i had heard this song before it was used on the two wong fu soundtrack but it's become a staple in my lip sync repertoire anytime i'm feeling some sassy wanderlust uh, my friend sophie and i would always make sure to have it queued up before our road trips together it's only about two minutes long but it's such a great tempo and barbara is doing manic barbara and i just love it so please give it a listen that said there was no way i could not vote for don't rain on my parade. I'm, I'm gutted these two songs had to go up against each other so early. And honestly, there's going to be a couple mat, um, matchups in these brackets that it's like, why? Why did these two songs have to go up against each other? But here we are.
1: Yeah, uh, it, there's a lot of actually really difficult ones here. I could be flipped anyway. And I'm, and it is a Saturday as we're recording this, so I could be flipped multiple times on a Saturday. But specifically <laughs> for these arguments, uh, if you're listening, Miss Streisand, I'm so sorry that I'm scandalizing you so early into this debate. Um, the panel is currently deadlocked over Barbara's cover of Somewhere from West Side Story off of her 1985 Broadway album and the original Papa, Can You Hear Me? From Yentl. Derek, argue why there's a place for somewhere in round two. Nick, open our minds and our ears to the idea of Papa moving forward. I'm going to have Derek go first.
2: Yes, this is, again, one of those brackets where I'm like, God damn it, why'd they have to go up against each other? Um, because I love uh, Papa. Can you hear me? I mean, it's just, uh, it just tugs at my heartstrings. Um, but first and foremost, let's let's go back to somewhere. Um, this song was actually my entry point to barbara back when it first came out and was getting airplay on adult contemporary radio i i'd hear it while i was riding around in the back of my mother's 1986 ultimobile cutlass sierra um this was even before i knew i know right (laughs) dating myself um this was even before i knew that the song was from west side story um that epic synth opening that could not have been more 80s it really kind of hooked me right from the start even as a five-year-old um this song never broke the billboard top 40 it did peak at number five on the adult contemporary chart which is frankly where it belongs um i feel like this song was a harbinger not not just of my queer identity but also my exquisite taste thank you very much (laughs) Um, and it needs to be this version from 1985 her re-recording of this song with josh groban is triggering to me. Um, This song is soaring with Barbara doing some of her best work to bring like a Broadway standard to new life as an 80s pop song, and it's just perfection to me.
1: All right. Nick, what about Papa? Can you hear me? Listen,
3: I hear you. Somewhere is absolutely exquisite. There are so many versions of that song. We all love it. I think Barbara does something extra special with it. But, Papa, can you hear me? I mean, that is so specifically iconic, especially for Barbara. I mean, it underpins the movie Yentl. It's really talking about... The song and the movie are talking about love, but also fighting against the system, living the way you want to live, empowerment, and blowing past artificial barriers. And she's yearning for her father, for her support, for her love. It is everything, everything Babs has done for her remarkable career. And let's not forget that the power of a great song is how deeply it gets into our everyday psyche. For example, "Papa, Can You Hear Me?" has been parodied in so many different settings. Let's not forget Austin Power, Goldmember. Remember, as Goldmember is electrocuted, "Papa, <laughs> Can You Hear Me?" I mean. It's covered in The Simpsons, Nelson. Ha <laughs> ha. He's actually singing for his father, who's missing. I mean, and then, okay, all right. Deadpool. Deadpool. Nearly 30 years after Gentle comes out, Wade and his girlfriend are watching Yentl before getting on and having some relations. Okay. <laughs> and then, then uh Mr. Old Wade, he connects it to Frozen. Okay, so when I think about the power of a song and its ability to just get within us, Papa Can You Hear Me has to beat out somewhere, as I, sad as it is.
1: So I I want to say this. I'm glad you brought up Yantel, and, and I don't know how much we'll talk about Barbara's movies during this debate, but I do want to say... Um, Yentl was really kind of uh, she. that was a passion project for her right like this mm-hmm. is something she fought so hard to make I didn't see Yentl till probably like five or six years ago what a gorgeous movie that is like yeah. visually it is a feast and mm-hmm. it's very well directed she's excellent in that role Battleship Patinkin uh, or Manny Patinkin if you will <laughs> is a stone cold fox in that movie by the way if you're gays and you haven't watched it he can get it in that movie um, so thank you I just wanted to speak a bit on Yentl it is a very very special project and something she had to really fight to make bob where are you on this one
4: this is one of the pairings of this and and very often we get into like what's our rubric and how do we determine determine like what what is in this case what is a barbara song There, like this was one of those pairings where i was like well somewhere really isn't her song papa can you hear me really is i like somewhere better um but Papa Can You Hear Me to Nick's point is kind of that iconic continues to come up in pop culture moment. I kinda of knee-jerk, like picked Papa Can You Hear Me initially when I pulled this out. But as I'm sitting here thinking this through and listening to the arguments between the two, I think I'm probably gonna lean more towards somewhere now because I do think it it, it, it it's a better song for me, at least it fills me up a little bit more emotionally with regards to like the the, the crescendos and the, the power that it continues to build upon throughout the course of the song. Um, it just really impacts and touches me in a way more so than Papa Can You Hear Me um, is really more that t- it's kind of a little bit of a, a, a joke here and there too, right? We kind of pick on it a little bit because it's just such an iconic line, Papa Can You Hear Me? Um, so I'm going to lean towards somewhere.
1: Well, we're in trouble because I was going to flip to Papa. Can you hear oh, me? Uh,
3: but... <laughs> That's the right one. That's the right one, baby.
4: Well, well Barbara is to... so iconic in everything that she does. And this is an iconic song, right? But like, and she didn't, uh, some of these songs she wrote, she didn't write. There some are Sondheim, some are Andrew Lloyd Webber. Like it's it's all over the place. Like what is a Barbara song? I had to right. continue to ask myself, what's a Barbara song? It's something she makes her own in yes. the end to me. So, yes.
1: mm-hmm. And my argument would be that I don't think, Think, I mean she somewhere is a great I don't think her version is the definitive version of somewhere I don't and I do think that part of it Derek brought this up in his argument is that incredibly 80s synth opening which at the time was very special and seemed very modern and 40 years on feels very dated and I think Ooh. frankly weighs the song down oh but it's I a, love
2: that I love <laughs> that about I it I know
1: you do <laughs> and I love that you love that about it but for me looking at this from a like timeless perspective she's got songs from the 60s that sound more modern to me than somewhere does from the 80s and um i agree with bob's point there that like what is a barber song because as a songwriter, she didn't actually have that many credits most of her biggest hits were written by other people so that's fine but just like I think, does she have the definitive version of a song? Nobody else has a "Papa, Can You Hear Me" that comes close to Barbara Sh- Streisand's. The other thing I will say, because you you kind of mentioned this, Bob, is that it's kind of become a punchline. But and you have heard me rail about this on this podcast on multiple times. Strong female creators will always have their works being turned into punchlines because we live in a patriarchal society. I know that's going to sound like some bullshit freshman like women's lib stuff, but honestly, I do think that's true. She was like. Repeating repeatedly used as a pinata in the 70s 80s 90s and when you look back you're like why were people making fun of her work i'm still not sure what we're making fun of is it because she's sincere oh no how terrible like i don't know that's my argument there but bobby are you gonna stick with somewhere
4: <sighs> you know you kind of swayed me back towards papa can you hear me i think a little bit because i think you're right is somewhere the definitive somewhere no, I don't. I guess I no. I guess no. It's not. <laughs> I just stuttered over myself. But yeah, I'm gonna stick with. I'm gonna go with Papa. Can you hear me?
1: I argue that the definitive somewhere is the original Broadway recording mm-hmm. of West Side Story. Somewhere that's my argument. But you can come for me on that, uh, Nick. I'm. It's not the
4: Ansel Elgort version, or, no,
1: or, but or. It's not. Bless his heart, um, Nick. You're sticking with Papa.
3: I am sticking with Papa. I mean, that song is so directly linked to Barbara. Barbara brought it into this world um, somewhere. As I mentioned, amazing song, amazing recording, but it's been recorded by ten thousand different people. Yeah, and um, I would argue it's not definitive either.
2: Well, I will remind you all that you said this when we have other stuff from her Broadway album going into these brackets. Please
4: do, Derek. That's, please
2: do.
1: That is exactly the type of spite that I think Barbara St. would appreciate. So. With that being said, we're gonna move Papa. Can you hear me forward? The majority of the panel has misty watercolored memories of the way we were, but Bob is feeling festive and wants to push forward with Babs's camp Christmas classic Jingle Bells question mark. Derek, keep your argument for way in the corner of your mind. First, I wanna see if Bob can pull off an upsot. Upsot? Bob, take it. <laughs>
4: Well, first, I take umbrage to the way you said the majority of us, but Bob (laughs) prefers this. But what can I say about jingle bells? Um, What are words that I can describe here? Frenzied, manic unhinged her intense energy made me feel bombarded in this song now this at first of all a barbara christmas album there's always the joke of barbara made a christmas album yes she made a christmas album she's a beautiful musical artist why shouldn't she make a christmas album just because she's jewish come on people and she wants to make money. the money she wants to make the money just like the backstreet boys do this year with their upcoming absolutely <laughs> with that their upcoming money. music exactly this song to me is an absolute delight from start to finish. It takes off like immediately with this this incredible up tempo version of the song. Um, it takes you for a ride, and there's even a day or two ago I thought I'd take a ride. That she literally takes us for a ride on this in this song. Um, it's got the, the the peaks and the valleys of the up tempo, the low tempo tempo. I smile every time I hear it, and and I love the orchestration of this song because it really takes the instruments in the orchestra to kind of punctuate the verses and add little little like the timpani drum the boom boom right the the way it uses the brass and the brass has their moments the strings have their moment the again the timpani the the percussion they all have their moments and it's it's just beautifully orchestrated to me in my opinion um, as to why i would push this forward um you know it's it's up against obviously um, the way we were, and I know this is probably an uphill climb for me, because obviously the way we were is one of those knee-jerk in your mind, like name me a Barbara song, and it's the way we were, right? Um, but to me, I, I I think that between these two, I'm I'm gonna invoke the you know no bummer's only bops that Kara might um, <laughs> invoke in some of this uh, some of her music um, debates. You know, you can listen to some of those as well in our in our catalog, but um, it's a Barbara song even though it's Jingle Bells, because this version, no one can do this version. No, This is Barbara's definitive version of this song, I guess. Maybe it's not the definitive Jingle Bells, but to me, it's so much fun. It's so different from any other version of this song that... Even if it's even if I didn't convince you, I wanted to talk to speak about it because I just I find it so much fun and and so exciting and and just encapsulates everything we we know about Barbara.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And listen, I actually agree with you that this is the definitive version of Jingle Bell's question mark, which is literally the title of the song, by the way, Jingle Bell's question mark. So you are you are correct in that, sir. And that was a. An, an amazing herculean effort to push this song forward i love this song it is on my christmas playlist every year there is no question However, it is up against the juggernaut that is the way we were. I don't know how you use no bummers, only bops in a Barbra Streisand breakfast.
4: <laughs> She's, I get it. She's known for ballads. I understand. But it's let's like, not have a pepperoni moment. <laughs>
1: it's not. And I knew you were going to invoke the pepperoni argument. <laughs> no. Hi, I know. Hi, Curtis. <laughs> um, I really do feel like um, this one, It's like it's not just because it is the song everybody knows. It's also an amazing fucking song. So before Derek goes into the argument about this, i just like, Nick, are you going with the way we were here?
3: I'm going with the way we were. I love Jingle Bells. I still can hear it in the Value City Department (laughs) store. It's right after Thanksgiving. The friends and family discount um, was on, it was a Sunday night. We were waiting in a long line. And all of a sudden I hear jingle bells, jingle bells. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was floored, and mind you, this is the early 90s. So we did not have Shazam or anything <laughs> like that. I just knew it was Barbara, and I could only wait to hear it again, just fantastic. But it is against the way we were. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I, and I'm right there, too. Like, nothing but love for this song. But if we're talking the best Barbra Streisand song, The Way We Were has to be in the Elite Eight to me. It has to be. Yeah. Um Derek, I'm assuming you're sticking with Way We Were?
2: Uh, yeah, I don't know what Bob is snorting, but it's not white and drifting snow. <laughs>
1: all right with that we will move the way we were ahead next another even split for the panel this time between people from funny girl and putting it together from the broadway album bob what's a little cocktail conversation if it gets the funds for your foundation for together i'll explain why we are the luckiest people in the world because we need people to move forward bob why don't you go first
4: Oh, I'm always going first but um you know th- for me putting to t- putting it together the Broadway album I can kind of share this this was my entry in my gateway into Barbara this was the album that my mother um would listen to constantly and I would constantly listen to it because of that um and this song in particular always spoke to me and kind of stuck out to me because it is so much fun and the way that it is um it, the way it is put together with both the spoken word the the dialogue the um and pairing it with the music and all throughout the song as well. I just thought it was very interesting and very theatrical and very, uh, you close your eyes and you can kind of put together a, a scene in your mind as to what's happening in this, um, in this song with these, with these people who are speaking and singing. Right. Um, I think it is the perfect pairing of a composer and a, um, and an artist. I think that she is perfectly paired to this song. It is, Something that she really truly makes her own. Sondheim even rewrote some of the lyrics of the song for her to record this version of it. So it really is her version and her um, part of the song. But I really love it. It's it's produced with this really high live energy performance um, where they're all in a a studio together recording. um, Beautiful orchestration. It's you really you can you can really imagine it in your mind. Like I said, she took. when you think about Barbara, and you think about the messages from this song, she really took the struggles that she faced, and this song kind of represents those as well. You can't do that. You know, the struggle between art and business, all of those things, um, is really, it, it. it's part of Barbara too, right? She faced all of those hurdles in her career. She was a groundbreaker in so many ways that, you know, she made her own way, and she um, kind of, art isn't easy, as she says um, in the song, and and it truly is for her, and I think that's, why she was so well paired to this song because the emotion that she puts into it and, and the connection that she brings herself to the song really makes it something special. Um, so that's really my, my argument there for right now. Um, people is obviously it's, again, it's against people, which is one of those songs where you're like, what well, name me a Barbara song. Well, people, um, but to me, it people's just a song. Um, this one really soars for me with regards to a representation of her and her connecting to the song.
1: So that's a a really good argument actually. And you know, as you were saying it, like, yeah, when I listen to the song, I can see this scene in my head. Like literally I, I see her walking through a set. I see her talking to Alan Arkin, who is very obviously one of the voices talking to her in it. Um, and it is, you're right. It really does relate to her career. So intrinsically, um, This is one I could go either way on. And in fact, it would make me double back on the argument I had earlier because People is from Funny Girl. It's her singing as Fanny Bryce. I do think this is the definitive version of People, um, but uh, I almost feel as though putting it together is more relevant for Barbara's... I'm going to retract that immediately. I think for Barbara's career as a whole, People was one of her really critical cornerstone songs. Um, this was, I think on one of her first albums, the album is called people. It was after funny girl was a hit on Broadway may have been after the funny girl movie. I don't know. Um, but it became one of her signature songs, right? And it is – I mean, talk about the song itself. It is a roller coaster emotionally, vocally, acoustically. It is levels all over the place, and she delivers all of them perfectly. Um, I also think it is something that is personal for her. Yes, she's singing it as Fanny Bryce, looking, you know – Trying to decide if she can open up to someone, even though she understands that that can bring pain and risk. Um, I think that's probably very relevant for Barbara Streisand, whether it was in the beginning of her, her career or not. Um, but, man, I'm torn on this one. I'm going to go to the panel here. Derek, where are you?
2: I am with putting it together.
1: Okay. Uh, do you want to explain it or do you want to just say I'm with it?
2: I just... I like both of these songs, don't get me wrong, but putting it together just has some like a spark of something special to me.
1: Okay. Uh, Nick?
3: I Gotta Stick With People. This is a tough one. I love putting it together, and I think it is the very definition of it's, it, 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 it tells the story of Barbara's career. Putting it together is fabulous, but when you think about people, if you were to walk up to a random person on the street, and ask them what song, if you think about Barbara Streisand, what song comes to mind? People is gonna be so much more at the forefront. I feel like putting it together, as amazing of a song that it is, it becomes a little bit more niche, especially with um, the broader general public. And if we're thinking about the most iconic Barbara Streisand song, people just wins out i i just don't see how uh it putting it together
4: could outweigh that aspect can i can i push back on that just a little bit Yeah, of course and and nick this is not any disrespect to you because i'm going to do this throughout the bracket too but i had to stop and think i'm not necessarily thinking best iconic what's the knee jerk that you know for barbara like it's also like the best song too and in this pairing i feel as though the better song is putting it together and i feel like if we just if we do continue to go back to like what's the one that pops into your head first the you know that that sort of like those iconic moments of things that were cornerstones of her career does that always make them the best songs maybe maybe not but in this pairing, for me specifically, putting it together takes a cut a little bit above because there's just, as Derek put it, there is a spark there. There is something about the energy and just the way that this is presented and put to, putting it together and put together, right, um, that really makes it special for me.
1: Oh, boy. You guys have got me going back and forth on this one because Nick had swayed me back over to people with his argument. And then I think bob makes a great point like is it the if i'm deciding which is the better song which song would i rather listen to it's going to be putting it together which i do agree is produced in a way that is more exciting for the listener than people which is a a, a love song in a play that's what it is right um and and that's where it sits um but are we talking about what is a better song, period, or what is a better Barbara Streisand song? And I think those are two different answers here, in my opinion. Here's the thing. If I stay with people, um, people advances because it is a two seed and putting it together is a three seed.
4: Um, On a mini, I- so don't we do tiebreakers?
1: Mm, do we do tiebreakers on a mini-sode? We do. You're right. I always I, They're my rules, so I make them up. I, <laughs> them. I can do this. Um, I would say ugh, on this one, you can hate me, boys. I'm putting people forward. Uh, you can come for me. And just remember, vinyl is expensive. So Be that- <laughs> nice, Eric. You have to pay a price, Eric. And I will pay a price because the next tiebreaker goes to Bob. So we will move. Bob, people forward, next, the majority of the panel wants to fight for what we want, fight for what we need, and move the main event slash fight to round three, but Nick wants to tell us that the sun and moon rise in the eyes of Tell Him, the duet between Streisand and Celine Dion. Bob, don't try to kick me when I'm down. Put up your dukes and fight for main event. Nick, explain why loving Tell Him will be the gift we give ourselves, and I'm going to start with Nick.
3: All right, so this was so tough, as every single round of this particular uh, bracket has been, but listen, there is some juiciness behind tell him.
1: Mm, Give me the gossip. I know, I know, I know. Before I go
3: into that though, listen, tell him, Celine and Barbara, it's almost like a generational passing of the torch. It's coming out um, approximately 30 years after that iconic moment when Judy and Barbara sing together. It's, it, it just makes so many connections. It's a belting songstress belting to another. It's that power ballad, that David Foster singer delight supreme diva fest all right so with that said i need to tell you a story Mm -hmm. so picture it it's 1997 the 69th annual academy awards babs self-directed the mirror has two faces that had been released in 96 and it was only nominated for two academy awards interestingly enough best supporting actress for lauren bacall and oh. Best Original Song for I Finally Found Someone with Brian Adams. Mm-hmm. All right. So great. The Academy, as they are wont to do, they invited Barbara to perform the song during the live ceremony. But she refuses. The Gossip Mill says she didn't want to sing the song because she had been snubbed for Best Actress or Best Director. So anyway, Barbara says no. They bring in Natalie Cole to sing with Brian Adams. But, but wait, two days before the show, Natalie gets sick. All right. Yes. Babs offers to step in and sing it, but red light, the producers have already asked Celine to do it. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. And Celine was already going to be singing during the telecast because she was going to be performing Because You Loved Me, which was nominated from the movie Up Close and Personal, starring Michelle Pfeiffer and Robert Redford, Babs' co-star from The Way We Were. Anyway, I digress. So, swing... She's going to go ahead and do it. Barbara's going to be in the audience. But suddenly, when Celine is going on the stage, Barbara ain't nowhere to be seen in that audience. (sighs) She pulled the ultimate diva move and went to the bathroom. Okay? (laughs) During that performance. So... Of course, later Barbara said it was completely by accident and the program that listed all the performances hadn't specified when her her song from her movie was going to be performed. So, Barbara, being the class act that she is, a few days later sent a note to Celine saying, Listen, I watched the tape afterwards. You sang my song beautifully, and I regret I wasn't in the room to hear you. Next time, let's make one together. I really wish your song would have won. You are a wonderful singer. Wow. That's verbatim uh. of the note she sent to Celine. Well, Rene Angelil, mm-hmm. Celine's grandfather, <laughs> uh, I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, her husband, her husband, didn't let that note go unanswered. And so he called up David Foster to produce a duet for Celine and Babs. Now, this is still juicy. David's then wife, Linda Thompson, who happens to also be the ex-wife of Caitlyn Jenner mm-hmm. wrote the song with David and Walter Afanasieff. All right. Now, Walter, Walter is famous because he produced My Heart Will Go On and just so happened to work with Mariah during her early years, including co-writing All I Want for Christmas Is You. Mm. So, that entire song is born out of some crazy ass drama and scandal circuitous route includes so many incredible people oh my god oh my god so not only is it bombastic it has a juicy backstory i love the main event i love the fight but come on tell him with all of that what you all think
1: so Uh, Here's my thing. I wish that I was a dinner party level gay at 1997 (laughs) because you know they were all sitting there with their wine glasses and their black turtlenecks discussing this for like months. Like Mm -hmm. that. That is delicious. Thank you, Nick. I had no idea. And if you're listening to this and you were born after the year 2000, like this is what we try to do on this program. The entire point of the Barbara Streisand episode is like, I don't think the millennial gays necessarily embrace her. We're hoping to educate you on that, but like, we love this type of gossip. This is part of our DNA. So thank Mm -hmm. you for educating us, Nick. Um, Bob, do you want to talk about the main event slash fight?
4: Yeah, you know, I, Eric, you and I, um, I think grew to appreciate this song around the same time. There was an album that you and I had. It was the Essential, I think, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the Essential Barbra Streisand. I'm not sure. It was that. That was how I became aware of this song, and I like hadn't known about it before. It wasn't one that you know people talk at least people at the time I don't know talked about or, or it wasn't a song that ever came into my head as Barbara Streisand. Cause I, I honestly, I didn't know it existed until I, I got this album and listened to it. And it was immediately the standout from the album. It is a lovely little disco delight. Um, you know, it's, everything that you want from a a disco bop you know you can't help but bob your bob your head to it tap your feet all of those things and you just feel like the the uh, that she has in this song right the fight that she has um it's just a lot of fun to listen to it's a lot of fun to just put on and go fight 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 right <laughs> um you know against tell him again i i said earlier like, kind of those no bummers only bops i mean i know it there's a lot of you know good parts of, of tell him and it's got a, a really strong and powerful moments in it um it's you, I'm going to go back to something you just said previously, Eric, to like, which song am I going to listen to? I'm probably going to listen to the main event. It wasn't even a super, I don't think a super, super successful or popular song at the time. Um, but it's definitely got all of the Barbara DNA in it. She definitely gives it her all, um, as she does with everything and tell him as well. But to me, what am I going to listen to? I'm probably going to listen to main event. I'm going to listen to main event fight. Um so that's my argument, as thin as it may be. It's just to me, what what's gonna, what do you want to
1: put on, main event? I don't think that's a thin argument at all. I think it's actually a very good one. Derek, where are you on this? So um, the number of times while Nick was telling that
2: story that I clutched my imaginary pearls, <laughs> ladies, <laughs> let me tell you, um, I'm still with the main event here. I thought. Nick did an amazing job of like literally walking the children through nature. We are through the forest. Snow White's cottage is in the corner somewhere. Um, But yes, I I have to stick with the main event.
1: So um, that was a great story. And I love Tell Him. It's one of like, it's a great. You, it's like a diva off, right? But it's not mm-hmm, like a competitive mm-hmm. diva off. It's like supportive diva off, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, oh, oh, you know, I've been there before. Right? One of but one of my favorite
4: things is there's like when you watch the video, um, there's like like scenes in the video of like behind the scenes of them recording it, or there's like documentary moments of them recording it where Barbara's trying to teach Celine how to sing, and I'm just like, oh my god, what is <laughs> happening right? What is happening right
1: now? It's <laughs> Celine, I'm sure. So I was just like, oh, really? That's so fascinating.
4: Exactly, um, like I'm the new,
1: you're the old, right?
4: I'm the future of drag. Exactly.
1: <laughs> but, like they're both amazing, and it is it is one of those songs where, like, the two of them come together and it's better than, you know, what either one of them could have done by themselves, which we love to see. Um, And it has the line, love will give, be the gift you gift yourself, which I, I say <laughs> all the time and nobody understands the reference. <laughs> it's, me, it's, like, one of the twi things I've ever heard, but I love it. It's so... I don't
4: say it all the time, but I definitely do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but, so, all of that being said, in terms of, I think Bob put it well, like, which song am I going to listen to more? Uh, I'm going to go with fight the main event. And also in terms of which one is the more iconic Barbara song, I think arguably neither one of these is super iconic Mm -hmm. for Barbara. It's kind of a wash there. Um, What's going for tell him right now is Nick's amazing story, but I'm still going to stick with main event. I'm sorry, Nick.
3: I am not hurt at all. Listen, this was a tough one. Um, I listened to the main event fight more than I listened to tell him. I'm right there with you all. So, uh, it, 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 Hurts my heart a little bit because of the story, but at least we have put it out back out into the world so people will know how that song came about.
1: And people who need people who can spread good gossip (laughs) are the luckiest people in the world. So with that being (laughs) said, the majority of the panel wants to slow things down and make each night a first for Evergreen from A Star is Born. But my love of guilty, Sands duet with Barry Gibb, can climb any mountain. Derek, explain why Evergreen is a renewable musical resource. I will plead my case for guilty. Derek, I'd like you to go first.
2: (sighs) Eric, pardon the pun, but you are indeed guilty if you're putting that song over Evergreen. <laughs> uh, you know I love me some Disco Barbara, and I will say, as a slow disco classic, I love Guilty, um, but it's up against Evergreen. This song is from A Star Is Born, but let's be honest, this star don't already been born. I put this song in the same category as The Way We Were, uh, break out the cashmere and play it on vinyl. Evergreen was Barbara's second number one single, the first being The Way We Were, and it stayed at the top of the Hot uh, Billboard Hot 100 for 3 weeks. It was ranked as number 4 single on Billboard's year-end charts for 1977 and it is also certified platinum. Um, but let's talk about the awards it won for Barbara. Oscar for Best Original Song? Yep. Golden Globe for Best Original Song? Aha. Uh-huh. Grammy for Song of the Year? Yep. Uh, Your Honor, the defense rests.
1: Well, you're guilty. No, I'm just kidding. Um, um, And I have nothing to feel guilty of, my love. Um, No, but in all seriousness, here's, here's the real tea, folks. So in preparation for this episode, I listened to the playlist we put together on Spotify numerous times. And I kept finding myself going back to Evergreen because... It's a simple song. It's a very short song, actually. Um, but what I love about it is the restraint in that song. It is like Barbara can Belt, obviously. And this this is the corniest thing I'm going to say in this entire podcast, I swear to you. <laughs> but it's like she put on white gloves and was like just gently caressing it, which is, (laughs) it is, that takes skill. I mean, Nick is a vocalist. Mm -hmm. Um, I am not, I I just bark, but Nick is an actual vocalist. So, you know, like to, and, and she just soars, but she's never lets it rip in this song. It's always contained. Correct. Correct. And that really takes skill and artistry. So even though I'm supposed to be, pushing guilty here i'm completely okay moving forward evergreen i will just make a couple quick points on on guilty even though i think it's getting booted um this was written by all three bgs barry sings on it with her but it was actually written by the entirety of the bgs it was actually post-Disco. This came out after Disco had quote unquote died. Um, it is it, it still feels very much like a Bee Gees track, but Barbara puts her own like undeniable energy, like especially when she's doing the humming and the expressiveness in her voice. Like it's a Bee Gees song, but it's interpreted by Barbara Streisand. And that's like putting your peanut butter in my chocolate, right? It's just, it's, it's even better. Um I'm completely okay with Evergreen moving forward. Nick, where are you on this one?
3: I'm so behind Evergreen. Her co writer on Evergreen was also Paul Williams. He co wrote We've Only Just Begun with the Carpenters. He helped write um, Rainbow Connection. Mm. I mean, just the pairing of them. This song is Barbara. I love Guilty. I love Guilty. It reminds me of the early eighties. There's just something about it. I instantly feel pulled to like 1984. But Evergreen has to win here.
1: Yeah, it, it is quintessentially eighties, by the way, guilty. Like it is quintessentially mm-hmm. early eighties specifically, like that kind yes. of summer gold era. Um, Bob.
4: It is forever evergreen.
1: All right, we're going to move Evergreen forward another seventy-five percent split, as the majority of the panel wants to look Bob in the eye and simply shout "Enough is enough" by pushing forward "No More Tears," Barbara's iconic duet with Donna Summer. But Bob is on the phone with FTD, and he wants to admire the rich bouquet of "You Don't Bring Me Flowers" with Neil (laughs) Diamond. Bob, show us show us your flower power. Nick, argue why we have to listen to our hearts and support "No More Tears." I'm going to have Nick go first
3: okay this this one no more tears i remember off of actually donna summer's best of album it's Mm. a two-disc album um i mean it's the meeting of the divas the divas at that moment it's barbara's first major foray into disco and it shows that homegirl can do anything and everything i mean she still stays classic barbara but going into the whole disco ethos is right there and coupling that with donna summer the queen oh my god oh my god um also too (laughs) Interesting backstory. So Barbara was doing this song, and she wanted it to go onto her album titled Wet. All right? So the original version of this song was just enough is enough. Mm. Because it was Barbara, the writers actually went back, rewrote the original to add something wet, to make it drippy, soggy, damp, moist make something there oh my god oh my god seriously yes it's so good i did not know that yes yes so you know pack the raincoat at the very beginning it's raining it's pouring likely all of that was added back in to make it wet all right so not only that but think about it that long held note Right when it's starting to shift over from the opening ballady part, it's classic Barbara. She holds that tier. I do believe... I thought I counted it once and I thought it was around 14 measures and go wow. for a time. Oh, wow. my God. It's something along those lines. It's so crazy. And it best evokes her singing style, which is she will not let a long held note sound the same from beginning to end. And it's not just increasing the volume. She actually changes the shape of her mouth and if you watch any of her videos you will see her do this she does this little jaw thing but listen to this t That was me singing that note, moving my lips around, moving my jaw around. And that's what she does in that song. It is so classic, Barbara. It's so over the top. And listen, they say when they were recording that song, seeing the two of them, Barbara and Donna, in the booth together, basically going crazy with their over the top belting, it just blew everyone's mind. No more tears. I'm sorry. It's, it it, it just has to win here. Oh my God. To be a fly
2: on that wall.
1: I know. Like, is there footage of that? Because if not, we all lost that day. Like that would have been incredible. And they were friends apparently. Like they were legitimately friends. Yeah, they really were. And in fact, when I was researching
3: this song, um, When they uh, Barbara held a lunch for Donna, and they were meeting up, they wanted to get together and chat, and the writers of the song, who also co-wrote It's Raining Men, thank Mm. you very much, um, they came there and they were like, okay, let's come up with a song. Yeah. Yeah. So it was. They were they, they were very good friends. Although, do you know they never performed it live together? Oh, that makes me sad. It's so sad. They both sang the song separately, um, live, but with uh, other people. Sure. Sure. Yep.
1: Well, speaking of other people, Bob, do you want to talk about "You Don't Bring Me Flowers" with Mr. Neil Diamond?
4: Well, enough truly is enough. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> So let it be said, and I don't think we've commented on it yet. And I'm going to go on the record and saying there is nobody in this world who does duets better than Barbra Streisand. Amen. <laughs> A, A- yeah. fucking men, right? Like every, like so many of these songs are duets on this on this bracket, right? Um, uh, maybe half of them, even I don't even know, but. Um, I really like, I really love You Don't Bring Me Flowers. I think that this song has a really unique and interesting story behind it. And I'm not sure if any of you know the story behind this one particularly. Um, But legend has it there. They each recorded this song individually, separately. Um, It is his song at the end, but they recorded it individually. And apparently there was a radio station or a producer somewhere that was splitting from his wife and they broadcast the both of these recordings where they just kind of broadcast each one doing the different verses back and forth and it, became such a, at that time, viral and so popular um, that everybody wanted to hear this recording of them just kind of alternating the verses back and forth between these two vinyl records. Um, And obviously, as this continued to snowball, eventually Barbara and Neil ended up recording it together um, because it was so popular and people loved it so much. Um, So it's a really cool and interesting story. These are two wonderful artists with really, obviously, two iconic and very distinct sounds distinct voices um i think you know this song it's it's so lovely for me it's it's got that gentle opening her voice is so soft and you know and then it comes then he comes in right after that first verse and it's almost to me it's almost a little bit of a surprise you think it's this song with her singing and then he comes in with his first verse and it's like oh wow there and it really kind of i don't want to i guess it does jar you a little bit and saying oh this is this is really cool you know it's it's a little bit of a um you know a surprise to me um and then that first kind of crescendo of now after loving me late at night like it it she totally belts it and totally gets into it and it just sends chills down my spine at least it just gives me chills um as as they go back and forth and she has these big huge moments of crescendo throughout the throughout the song um literally literally the chills and i just think you know for me um I, I don't really care for enough is enough all that much. The first half of this song is that very slow tempo tempo version of whatever that is, and um, I'm just I I'm kind of bored by it, and you kind of want to just zoom past it to the second half. Um, that it's uneven for me, um, and that's really where I am with these two songs, and why I prefer and think that don't you don't bring me flowers is a is a better song.
1: I love that you are sticking to your guns on that one because, like, again, there's no bad songs here. And Mm -hmm. you are correct. Like, that was, it's funny you were saying that. I was like, it's kind of like the final song in act one of the last five years where, like, the two people are meeting at the same point in time and talking about how they both kind of screwed up their relationship, right? Um, But uh, I have to stick with No More Tears here. From my perspective, um, I never get bored with No More Tears. I live for the drama of the song. Like, it does start out very slow and plaintive. And then it comes to like, you know what? No, I have had it. I have had it. Things that I have had, it. Um, And they just demolish this song. Derek, where are you? Oh, Eric, you know where I am. I know where you are. I know where you are. <laughs> I have no more tears. The other thing I have going against You Don't Bring Me Flowers, and it is a beautiful song, and it's it's great. Don't get me wrong. But number one, when we were kids, I always knew when my parents had had sex the night before. because. <laughs> Would blast oh, Neil Diamond and uh, make blueberry muffins. Uh, so don't I have, bring
4: your personal traumas into this debate. <laughs> that bring, is
1: unfair. I bring my personal traumas to every debate. Um, it's and number true. Two, I was recently bitten by a dog named Neil Diamond, and so um, <laughs> that is what? what. That is true. That is true. If they're listening to this, Brett Chin and Kai Chin, I forgive you, and I and I love Neil Diamond, but he did bite me, and so I'm holding that against the actual oh Neil God. Diamond. (laughs) (laughs) so we are advancing enough is enough no more tears to round two and finally in round one it's an even split between streisand's cover of memory from cats off her 1981 memories album and her iconic 1960s duet with judy garland get happy slash happy days are here again Bob argue why it's not so easy to leave memory standing alone. I will urge us to forget our troubles and instead get happy. Um, Bob, since you say you have to go first all the time, I will go first this time. Um, this is one of Barbara's earliest duets. And uh, this one dates to 1963 in a very young Barbara Streisand guesting on the Judy Garland show on CBS. It's a matchup of t- two upbeat standards, Happy Days Are Here Again and Come On, Get Happy. But with a down-tempo, jazzy twist... And somehow it just works. Uh, These are two very different, totally unique vocal artists providing counterpoint to one another. And while the tone of the arrangement has a wistful kind of plaintive tone to it, it ends triumphantly with the two of them almost like willing good times to return. The only kind of comparison I have for this is we've already referenced it once in this debate the Bing Crosby, David Bowie, drummer boy, peace on earth duet. But this actually predates the and it's you've got that pass off, right? The handoff of of vocal, iconic vocalist from one generation to the next. And the funny thing about this is it was never professionally recorded to my knowledge. It was just, they took the audio from the broadcast and you can still listen to it now. I can see it on YouTube. You can listen to it on Spotify. Um, I don't know if you can buy the single, I believe it is on her duet um, album, but like the fact that you have this archival footage that is still something that people mm-hmm. reference. And I find it especially resonates with the gay community. Um, that's kind of amazing. We're talking about something that is literally, as of next year, 60 years old and was never professionally recorded, to my knowledge, still being something that people cherish. And it's something very, very special. Bob, go ahead and talk about Memory from Cats.
4: I, I will say I can be easily swayed on this because um, I completely agree with everything you just said. And it is something very special. And... What I was trying to, as I was trying to sort these two things out, I I love both of these songs. And to me, Memory, um, it is from Andrew Lloyd Webber from Cats, right? Um, And I know that um, Betty Buckley will be eyeing my lemon drink when I say this, (laughs) but it is to me the, this is the definitive one for me when it comes to Memory. I think that it is so well-suited to her voice. There is this amazing moment in the second, at the end of this song, the, the climax of this song, where it's the touch me moment, right? And it is it is so powerful and so strong. I talked about chills from my previous argument, right? That's that's that chills moment, especially when you see the show too with really anyone performing this, like that that chills moment of the song. She hits it so well and does so well with the song. And I was just trying to sort out between like what is... What is a Barbara song? And you you pointed out really the recording of this this show. Like it's not a recording; it just happens to be a song that she performed one day with with Judy on her show. And there's no kind of professional recording or release of this. It was released later, I believe, on on the duets album. Per- perhaps they Maybe. they lifted the audio and did that. Yeah. But to me, I was like kind of going back and forth. Is like, do I push that forward, knowing that it was just you know great that they performed this together? But um, I know a lot of artists who perform lots of things in concert that aren't there songs that don't become their songs um and they just happen to like the song and perform it right um so I, again i can be easily swayed because obviously i don't want to you know be a betrayer to my my my, my people my tribe of taking judy and barbara and saying <laughs> like excluding judy from the rest of this this um this debate but um for me i, I can be swayed but i'm leaning a little towards memory at this time
1: um I actually will agree with you that I do think it's it's crazy to say this cuz she never actually performed in the show cats but I actually think this is the definitive version of memory uh, and you can tell me I'm crazy but that touch me moment never has there been another recording that comes close to getting that right as Barbara does. Mm-hmm. Uh Derek where are you on this?
2: You know Eric I I think it's funny that you um said that the Happy Days and Come On, Get Happy are, are very um, close to the gay community. Um, what is more relatable to the gay community than feeling old and abandoned in an alley just begging to be touched?
4: <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. I'm <laughs> <And laughs> constantly saying, touch me. I mean, <laughs> come on now.
2: Um, so I am with memory here.
1: That is possibly the best argument we've ever had on the Great Pop Culture Debate. Snaps for Derek Makita. That is great. Nick Average, where are you?
3: Oh my gosh this is so tough. Um I'm still with Happy Days. Come on get happy. I just the meeting the meeting of the minds, the meeting of the divas performing this. Just just astonishing. Um when you perform this song, uh if you ever perform it with friends even at karaoke or something, it's just so uplifting. Memory is fantastic. Um, Elaine Page, she originated the role of Mm -hmm. Grizabella in the West End, production of Cats. Um, I feel like there are just honestly so many others who who have recorded Memory. And I I actually don't personally see it as a definitive version, Barbara's version. But... I, I mean, it's it's great. I hate that these are up against each other, but iconic just happy days come on, get happy just blows it away for
4: me.
1: okay. so if we're gonna have a tie, now the tiebreaker goes to Bob. So Bob, you have the power.
4: yeah i i think i think that Nick made a made a good point there right it might not it maybe 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 not but it might not be to him or, or to some others the absolute best performance of memory um but i think it's the most well-known um version especially to a general public who may have never even seen cats themselves mm. um you know so i think that has it has that going for it and you know we're split here and i think that there's no wrong answer right there's yep. no wrong answer to a lot of these pair-ups and yep. I think if i didn't have derek with me i would probably just go with the group and and push forward um you know if we were if you guys were all on that side but you know i think i'm going to stick with derek and myself unless derek's going to switch um i think we'll push forward memory i am am just begging to be touched so (laughs) okay Okay. (laughs) let's push let's push memory forward
1: so we are going to push memory forward and that is it for round one we're going to take a break and check the mirror for both of our faces and we will be right back after these messages Welcome back to round two of our best Barbara Streisand song debate. Before we get to round two, let's discuss how listeners can meet these fuckers and follow you on social media. Bob,
4: you can find me at disnerdbob on Twitter and Instagram. Find me there, and you can tell me if I'm wrong.
1: All right, Derek.
2: You can find me on Twitter at DRKMKT, and I don't give a shit whether you think I'm wrong or not.
1: That's a very Barbara Streisand attitude. And for me, you can definitely follow at Eric Resniak on Instagram and Twitter. But you should definitely follow at Great Pop Culture Debate on Instagram and at Culture underscore debate on Twitter for sure. Moving on to round two of the debates. First up, we have another unanimous victory for Don't Rain On My Parade, which marched its band out and trampled Papa Can You Hear Me? Next, the panel is currently split on The Way We Were and People. Derek, could it be that it was so simple to advance to The Way We Were in round one? Or has time rewritten every line? Bob, be a people person. I'm going to have Bob go first and then Derek.
4: Yeah, we argued in round one. Now, I both of these songs, to me, I don't really have a strong affinity towards either of them, but we argued in round one where both of these were like those iconic Barbara songs, right, where if you say, give me a Barbara song, these are the ones po- probably on the tip of someone's tongue. But when I look at the two of them together, I think people resonates more with people, um, with the general public, I think that it is the song that people probably know more of the lyrics from. They can hum along to and sing along to easier and and better than the way we were. Um, to me, it is a better song for that. It is from a, um, you know, from the Broadway show. It was funny girl, right. Is what we talked about earlier. Right. Um, you know, I just think it is, it's easier to hum. It's easier to, 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 um, to sing along to. And I just think it's the one that I would probably listen to first over the way we are, the way, we were both beautiful and wonderful songs neither one of them my my top barbara song but of these two it's definitely people
1: okay and derek talk to me about the way we were
2: yeah i mean my god as soon as the piano starts and she starts to hum the chorus we are hooked whenever you can bring together barbara and marvin Hamlish, it's bound to be gold uh the instrumentation is perfectly giving that early 70s sound with a lot of electric guitar on the wah pedal um her voice is just so captivating on this track barbara is simply a master at taking the audience on an emotional journey through her tone and her clarity while perfectly capturing the melancholy of the lyrics in this song you want to be on a sofa in front of a warm fire wrapped in cashmere um and I will say this, as good as the, tra- the track sounds on Spotify when, or when you're streaming it anywhere else, it really is one that's begging to be played on vinyl. All that said, let's hit the facts. This song did not win an Oscar. It won two Oscars. <laughs> um, Billboard placed it at number one on their year-end Hot 100 singles for 1974. In fact, this track was so successful that it was certified platinum. Um I don't think I need to say anything else. This, I mean, we, have said it before. This is one of those songs where it's definitively Barbara. It's one of the ones that people return to. And, you know, through Eric's rubric, it's probably the one that I want to listen to more.
1: Mm. Okay. Nick, where are you on this one?
3: Oh, you guys have both made such incredible arguments. And initially I was swayed more towards people in the sense that I think it resonates and is so connected with Barbara for for most people. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, the Way We Were, it's so iconic as well. The Bergmans, their lyrics, um, along with uh, the work of Marvin. It's so tough. Um, you know what, Eric? Mm. I'm going to hear what your opinion is first
1: sure. before I give my answer. That is the one time I'm going to allow you to do that. So I hope (laughs) you enjoyed it. Um, So I appreciate both answers. And I'm just trying to think to myself. So people is critical for the beginning of Barbara's career. I think the way we were was, I think more of a cementing her as this real force in both film and and music, which is what she kind of kind of pivoted to in the '70s in a way that she hadn't before, um, I think. If we're talking about which is the better song, I give it to "The Way We Were." I do. It's short, but it's very impactful. And I think is this the one that's playing at the end of "The Star Is Born." Or no, this is from The Way We no, Were. This is this from, is the, from yeah. the Way We this Were. This is the yeah. Redford, the, um, your girl is lovely hobble moment. <laughs> the bell, right. siren, thing. The bell <laughs> siren thing. No one will get that joke except us, Bob. Um, uh, yeah, sorry. Um, I'm going with The Way We Were here. I think People is really good. I think it's good that it's made it to round two. That, to me, is where it deserves to tap out. I'm giving it to, to The Way We Were here. I think it is a, a, a final four seed.
4: Can I help Nick on this, too? yes please I I think I'm gonna switch over to the way we were were and I think one of the things that I just thought this up myself too is a reason why I might be switching over is there's a wonderful scene in Naked Gun two and a half where where Priscilla Priscilla Presley is singing in the shower and a burglar comes into the room and as she's humming it and singing it he starts doing a duet with her like
1: literally I was thinking up. thank you for taking the hit <laughs> oh my god it's a. I i think it actually may be from the first one not from the second one Yeah.
4: either way it, yeah. i think it's two and a half but i might be wrong
1: it is it, it but like again the cultural relevancy of that that song supersedes just the original film that it was in and i think you know the fact that it went platinum i don't think people ever did so nick where are you on this
3: um I'm gonna go with the way we were. I I I loved people. It it actually was put into the Grammy Hall of Fame. Yes. Um, back in the late nineties. It's incredible, but the way we were, my goodness.
1: All right, so we will advance, in fact, unanimously after all that debate the way we were. Next, we are evenly split between two very different songs. Nick, explain why the earnest, longing Evergreen should continue to go on to this bracket forever. I will sneak in a killer key change and argue for the disco fabulousness of main event slash fight. And I'm going to have Nick go first.
3: Okay, thanks, Eric. Listen, Evergreen, Barbara actually helped write the song. It won not only an Oscar, but a Grammy, as Derek said earlier. It is quintessential Barbara. I, I just can't see it as fabulous as the main event is. Uh, I can't see that song overtaking something as um, amazingly important to the Barbara discography than Evergreen.
1: Okay, so here's where I'm coming down on this one. I actually will be okay if we lose the main event... But it means we can't lose no more tears because I do not want a Final Four that does not have any of Disco Barbara because to mm. me that's a really important phase mm-hmm. of her career. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we would be doing a disservice to her as an artist and her legacy if we had nothing but weepy ballads in the F4. And I love her weepy ballads. Like, I, I love Evergreen. I, I People don't think I don't. Um, but this is what I'm going to say about the main event, which is actually a much better song than it has any right to be. Um, The song is better than the movie that it was the title track to. We watched it during the pandemic. Uh, If you haven't watched it, it's uh, Barbara's playing like a fight coach like a, a boxing coach to ryan o'neill's kind of loser and i don't think she's deliberately supposed to be coaching but somehow ends up coaching him and then he actually ends up becoming a successful boxer and it's also like this you know unlikely couple romance thing and the whole deal like it was during that period where like ryan o'neill was somehow really famous which is fascinating but <laughs> like um yeah that's the movie was fine barbara's really good in it she's good in everything the song is way better and i i give that the um The key change in this song. Um, I do want to do a best key change debate at some point. And the key change in this song is put in such a brilliant location towards the end where it's like snuck in and it just flips. And then when she's doing that final and it builds and climaxes and climaxes, which to me is what disco was all about appropriate given it was the 70s and everybody was just having sex constantly god i I miss those days but um (laughs) uh, like even at the end when she's doing that when we make love repeated going up the scale like she's even like sliding into that stuff it's a real virtuosic performance and i love it it's an exciting song um but i can understand why we would tap it out now in favor of evergreen which is a better song, and certainly a more iconic barber song. So, Bob, where are you?
4: Uh, it's a fact. It's a first-rate act. In my <laughs> um, I, I, I need to go with the main event, and I think you you made a point eric of like we're gonna push evergreen forward again potentially and it's gonna be more of the ballads and, and to this point they're they're really i guess standards right um some of these songs that she has some of these iconic songs it, it's not the better song for me in this case I think the key change at the end is an incredible point to raise I think that the energy the fun the really the better than it ought to be sort of quality of this song and, and really something special that's really a surprise and something unique and different and And very Barbara. I talked earlier about really the the jingle bells of it all of her her manic and kind of wackiness of her of her and and who she is. And I think she brings a little bit of that energy into into this song and and Evergreen's a beautiful song. And I think we know that Barbara can deliver a beautiful ballad. but I think there's more to Barbara than just a beautiful ballad. I think there's so much more about her that we need to encapsulate and, and identify in some of these great songs that fall outside that category. Um, for me, it's the main event um, in this pairing. I just think that there's a lot more energy and fun. It is the song I am going to listen to out of the pair. Um, and that's, I think, where I'll leave it.
1: Okay. Derek, uh, it comes to you.
4: Yeah.
2: <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sticking with Evergreen. Um, and I. I like your um, strategy, Eric, here, because um, for me, No More Tears is more of the definitive um, Barbara Disco song Mm -hmm. for me going into the next matchup. Um, So I think I would like to see Evergreen move forward here.
1: Well, here's the good news. It's a tie, and that means you're the tiebreaker with this one because it goes to you alphabetically. So we're pushing forward, Evergreen? We are. Okay. Finally, in round two, the panel is split again between another Streisand disco banger, No More Tears, featuring Donna Summer, and Memory from Broadway. Derek, explain why we should have seen it from the start. Tears should advance. I will touch myself and talk about Memory. Not actually, if you're listening to Streisand, <laughs> that was just a reference to the song. Um, And I, I guess I'll go first. So... I do think that my inclination is to go for no more tears here, as I just explained. But I do want to speak on why I think Memory, we we referenced this in round one. Um, I do believe that it is the more definitive version of the song. Yeah, there have been a bunch of artists who performed this in the Cats cast, in the official recordings that have made an impact. But I think if you were going to say to, you know... um, not that anyone calls a DJ anymore and not that you would ever call a DJ to say oh play memory from cats um, <laughs> I would <laughs> Like, if you were gonna do that you probably couldn't come up with their names on the tip of your tongue but you can remember Barbara Streisands and she delivers it so well. It also does not have the issues that somewhere has in that the record the the um, arrangement of it is not super 80s. It it has a timelessness to it, and again, if we're talking about looking at her career all encompassing, I do think we need to have some Broadway representation somewhere in the F four. Although I say that, and Don't Rain on My Parade is going to be in there, so cheerfully withdrawn. With that mm-hmm. being said, I'm going to pass it along to Derek for No More Tears.
2: Yeah, uh, do you want me to argue it? Do you want
3: me to save it?
1: Uh, well, let's ask for for votes right now. Where are you, Nick?
3: Uh, no more tears. Bob? enough is enough enough is enough Bob
4: I would choose memory I'm going to admit something um, to the group and now to the world I didn't know that this enough is enough song existed until we did this <gasps> oh, yeah. yes oh, and God. that I can't put I, I, that's a demerit for me
1: <laughs> yes I have failed as a friend I can't <laughs> believe that I never made you listen to this song.
4: Yeah. And that if it it couldn't make its way into my orbit, I, I, I can't, treat it as something superior to memory i
1: guess that's that's a fair argument so bob is for memory i actually think i'm switching my vote especially since uh the main event went out last argument i need a disco song on there and i do think it's no more tears so derek you're no more tears i am yes okay so it's three to no more tears meaning memory is out so before we get to our final four matchups in round three we're going to take another quick break before we go nuts we will be right back What's up doc. We're back with round three of our best Barbara Streisand song debate. Let's look at that final four. We have don't rain on my parade versus the way we were evergreen versus enough is enough. No more tears. I always like to take a step back and evaluate. um, Is it the F4 that I was expecting? No, but I do think it's a very representative of her career overall. I wish there was something a little bit more recent in there, but I mean, you've got Broadway, You've got her huge movie soundtrack smashes. You've got disco. I think that's a pretty good bar, but you also have a duet in here. It's, it's a pretty representative look at, at the Streisand oeuvre. Um, so with that said, let's go right into the first one. Don't Rain on My Parade versus The Wavy." We We're going to go around the horn. I'm going to start with Bob. Where are you coming down on this? Don't Rain. Derek? Uh,
2: don't Rain on My Parade. Yep.
1: Nick? It don't rain. So we're now unanimous. We have not yet once discussed Don't Rain in my brain. I love it when this happens. So <laughs> I love it. We refer to this as Ursuline in, on the podcast, yes. where oh a, a, a selection goes all the way to the final two without ever being discussed beforehand. Um, but that's where we are. And then it's Evergreen versus Enough is Enough, No More Tears. And I'm going to start with Nick. Where are you?
3: Oh, this is so hard, but I have to go Evergreen on this one. Derek. Evergreen. oh god
2: uh yeah uh uh, 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 i'm gonna go with no more tears
4: bob i care not for this side of the bracket (laughs) (laughs) Um, but i will choose and I've, i've railed against it throughout like not necessarily railed but i've been against it throughout and i will be choosing evergreen um because in my mind Although I know disco was an important part of some of her music. When I think Barbara, it's either ballads or Broadway. And Enough is Enough doesn't represent that um, for me. And when we want to talk about what is truly a better song in this pairing, Evergreen truly is.
1: Okay. I would certainly vote for Enough is Enough, No More Tears. Um, It is, I think, not just a great disco song, but a great song overall. It is two amazing artists just... Going like full bore. We talked about evergreen is like the definition of a vocal restraint. No more tears is the definition of zero restraint. These women are taking out their earrings. They are putting the Vaseline in their hair and they are going <laughs> in on their men. And I applaud that. That being said, that means it's two versus two. Tiebreaker goes to Nick average because it, it's now him alphabetically. <clears throat>
3: You know what? I enough is enough. i the eleven minute disco version is on constant replay on some of my playlists, but <laughs> I honestly have to go with evergreen. It's okay, yeah.
1: I respect it. Which gives us a final two of Don't Rain on My Parade versus Evergreen. So now we should probably start to discuss Don't Write on My Parade. <laughs> um, uh, I will open it by, one of the things we didn't talk about is how we kind of individually became acquainted with the works of Miss Drysand since everybody on this podcast was born well into her career. Um, I was aware of her before, certainly. like um, My mother did not have her albums or anything like that, but I, I knew of her. And for me, it was early to 2000s walking through my apartment turner classic movies was on and it's the scene in funny girl where she's singing don't rain on my parade and she's there in that fabulous orange outfit with the huge muff, muff it's a muff right that's what we call it you know what i'm talking about yes yeah. yes hand muff yes and she's, she has a huge muff <laughs> she's got an enormous muff um and um she's just resplendent is the only word it's hypnotic like you couldn't take your eyes off of her and it was that penny drop moment i was like oh okay no i completely get the barbara streisand thing now and this song is obviously it's for funny girl it's the fanny bryce moment where she's just like oh i've got to go after my man which Spoiler, if you've looked at actual history or watched Funny Lady, does not work out so great for her. But um, in that moment, it is the correct decision, and it is spectacular. It's a great, great song, and many people have done it, obviously. Although I I did not realize that the Funny Girl revival currently on Broadway is the first time they've actually done a Funny Girl revival on Broadway since the 60s, (laughs) because Mm -hmm. they were once like no one can possibly fill the shoes that Barbara Streisand was wearing. Mm-hmm. And spoiler, that is correct. But um, that is my bit on uh, Don't read On My Parade. I'm going to pass it. Derek, where are you on this one? So
2: um, I will have a, a bearing my soul moment and just say that I've actually never seen Funny Girl all the way through. Oh. <gasps> I, I came to this, th- this song through a couple different uh, avenues. One was... Um, Robin Williams sitting in the chair, getting all the makeup done in um, Mrs. Yes. Doubtfire. That's where yes. I, first, I think that maybe where I first heard it, and then I heard it again in the movie Connie and Carla. Mm. Um, so, mm-hmm. and then I finally got to watch the actual, like, you know, not not music video, but like clip from Funny Girl on YouTube of Barbara doing the song, and there's no way I can't vote for this over evergreen it's just like it's it's the song to me
1: that queen is on a tugboat in new york harbor (laughs) yes and she is bearing her soul and like i defy you to tell me that anyone would possibly rain on her parade in that moment um (laughs) all right bob where are you
4: Um, so for me, I mentioned at the beginning how the Broadway album, putting it together, like that was how I initially kind of came to Barbara. Um, it's certainly how I came to Broadway. Um, when it was that, when it was that Broadway album, um, I didn't necessarily connect the dots that it was also Barbara in that moment, but as I became an adult gay, um, and I saw, I've, again, I will admit that I've never seen Funny Girl all the way through, but I've seen this scene. I've seen this tugboat. I've been on that tugboat with her side by side, time and again, feeling every emotion and saying myself as an adult gay, saying, okay, this is what this is. This is Barbara Streisand. This is everything she is to everyone. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> she is. Um, this is for me it, there is no there is no comparison when you put it up against evergreen evergreen a wonderful song this everything about the energy and just the sheer emotion and movement that this song don't rain on my parade brings to you don't rain on my parade it is something that i think we can identify as people in a in a in the gay community right saying like standing up and saying don't don't come for me don't rain on my parade um it's just so it's just so great um in every way that i i can't i would never choose anything over this um and it's probably why it's soared through to the end.
1: Yes. And before I go to Nick for his his thoughts on this, I just want to quickly interject. I cannot believe we have not actually referenced this once in this podcast. Nothing from the Hello Dolly film made it onto the the bracket. Ooh, yeah, um, yeah. And if this talk makes you think, oh, I need to go back and watch Funny Girl, I encourage you to do that. You can find it on any of the streaming services. You might have to pay for it, but it's worth it. Um, the Hello Dolly movie was also something that she started in as, as Dolly Levi. I want to say late 1960s maybe 1970 um and uh it was not well regarded at the time because barbara streisand was far too young to be playing the, the, the main character in that in that show however you need to put that aside and aside the terrible casting of walter Matthau as her love interest <laughs> in the movie um, because she devours that role and Every scene she is in, the, the costumes are so luxe. The, the the musical sequences are perfection. It took a show that I never particularly liked. And because of her and the magic that is her, it is spectacular. And uh, her version of Hello, Dolly, with all respects to Carol Channing, is to me the definitive version of Hello, Dolly. So that all being said, Nick, what do you think about this final two?
3: Uh, listen, I can't remember my life without... Barbra Streisand, and so many songs live within me. And I was trying to think about, well, when did I first hear People or The Way We Were or Don't Rain on My Parade? There are just so many that they just define music in some ways for me. Um, Don't Rain on My Parade such an incredible Anthem. You guys have already discussed how it relates to us, uh, to those of us gay folks out there and something that we play often for ourselves to make it through this world. Uh, For me, of course, as I said at the very beginning, I was one doomed to love Barbara Streisand, and two doomed to be gay. Actually, I was preordained to be gay, not, gay, not doomed, uh, because my mother was going to name me Nicholas no matter what. So,
4: just like Jason Gould.
3: Yeah. <laughs> much i mean can uh, yeah so don't rain on my parade just wins it over i have fought for evergreen throughout all of this uh discussion
1: but don't rain on my parade so there you have it folks our pick for the best Barbra Streisand song of all time is Don't Rain on My Parade from Funny Girl do you agree with our choice do you think we're a freckle on the nose of life's complexion let us know your pick by leaving a comment on this episode at greatpopculturedebate.com or yell at us on Instagram Twitter, Facebook or YouTube while you're there make sure you like and subscribe for more great pop culture debate content and if you really like what you heard please consider supporting us on Patreon which can get you access to even more exclusive episodes merch and the ability to suggest episodes for us to record in the future thank you to my panelists like lovers you are also very special people and thank you for listening until next time remember everyone is entitled to their wrong opinions